Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, ancient, A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Ronnie, welcome to the cave. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you uh, for joining me today. Talk about your uh, your latest project, uh, yeah. Easter Sunday, which came out uh, about a week ago, a week and a half ago, right? Something like uh, that. A week and it feels half. like it's been forever. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It is. It feels like it's been a forever, but yeah, it's only a week and a half ago that it's been out. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of like buzz on it. I watched it uh, last night. I enjoyed it myself. I like that whole family culture comedy type of thing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. I was excited to be a part of it. It was the first time I ever got a chance to sort of do like a family comedy and, mm-hmm. uh, and sort of be uh, part of the center of it. So it was nice to sort of jump into that. So before we jump into that, I was doing some research on you. I want to know, like, grew up in Chicago. What yep. made you get what made you get into the industry? And all of a sudden now you're a professor also like you're doing a little bit of everything. Yeah, I mean, what's the short answer for this? So long story short, I, I grew up in Chicago. I went to a technical high school. So I never, I never thought I don't come from a family of artists. I don't come from a family of actors or anybody in the, involved in the industry. It doesn't get any sort of uh, more sort of, uh, you know, um, middle income, blue collar sort of uh, yeah. uh, than my family. So I, I went, uh, went to college at Marquette university and I went, it was in Milwaukee. And um, incidentally, I entered the year that Jeffrey Dahmer was arrested. So uh, <laughs> there's that for those of you old enough to know who Jeffrey Dahmer is. Anyway, so when I got there, you know, I was a chemistry major and it was one of those things that I was like overwhelmed with like uh, my first semester and it was all the STEM courses and, you know, uh, it was very difficult for me. So I, I uh, spoke with my advisor who at the time, I don't know, again, if anyone's old enough to know back then, remember, in, I'm assuming we're somewhat of the same age, and they had college catalogs. Oh, yeah. So you wanted to look through your school for classes, you had to open like this massive sort of yellow pages of yeah, yeah. courses. And he literally opened it up to acting for non-majors. Hmm. So I was like, that sounds easy. <laughs> I was like, let's just do it. Like, whatever, let's just take the class. And it just so happened that the cl- the, the director, the, the the teacher was a Jesuit priest, Father Gerald Walling, uh, God rest his soul. And he his claim to fame was he was in Blues Brothers, the movie. Okay. And uh, um, anyway, so he asked me, if I would was at all interested in actually doing this professionally, I was like, no, absolutely not. No, that sounds ridiculous. Um, and so he's like, well, that's fine. We want to audition for the school production of the physicists. And um, I said, yeah, why not? Whatever. This sounds pretty like this is something to break up my day. And I did. And I got in and I had one line and um, it was in a shitty Brit. Brit- can I swear? I can, yeah, I yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it was in a shitty British accent. I don't even know if it's a British accent. I just made up some sort of like what I thought at the time was some sort of European accent. Mm. And uh, I did it. And, you know, I kind of got bit by the proverbial bug. And then I started training from there. I, I started, I so I cut my teeth in theater. I trained at the Milwaukee Repertory Theater, which was, um, which still is one of the sort of uh, premier uh, regional theaters in the country. And I 
started training there. And then I went to Chicago for a little bit after college and did some theater. Then I went to New York and did a bunch of theater. Um, and I never had any sort of sights on set on television and film. And and to be perfectly frank, the reason why I didn't have any sights set on is because there was just nobody who looked like me doing it. In ret I mean, I wasn't sort of conscious of it, but it just goes to show you how sort of insidious uh uh um it is i just didn't have anybody to sort of be like oh yeah if that can do i can do it right. so um i mean there were you know the dante bosco certainly was around at the time but that being said it wasn't like he was around so much that the imagery got embedded in my brain so i started just a theater and uh and then eventually made my way to la and and here i am and and still at it this many years later i found a way to make somebody who looks like me do something with a bunch of people who don't look like me so i'm very what, what made you like push yourself like you know, like you kept telling yourself like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it this is the goal yeah i don't know like elias i don't even know if i was conscious of it i just okay. kept doing it. i'm one of those guys who like since i was a kid for better or for worse i just am one of those guys who just i'm, I'm constantly moving much to my family mm -hmm. my family's chagrin like i'm constantly doing something and i at the time you know, I didn't, by the time I, I graduated college, I wanted nothing to do with chemistry. So mm -hmm. I was doing theater and doing theater. And yeah, there were still parts of me that was like, oh yeah, maybe I'll branch off and do something else later on. But um, uh, I, I just kept finding myself building upon the theater work that I did. And then eventually I had nothing else available to me other than all of this acting work that I started doing and, and writing and creating and stuff. So that is how, I, uh, just because of sheer um um diligence and then eventually it started to creep in my brain i'm like oh i need to this needs to sort of be bigger now that i got older and more aware i started to want to do more with it and that's why i started you know really uh persisting and very specifically trying to um you know be better about representation so what kind of family environment did you grow up because of the way because the reason i want to ask you this is because like like so i've had guests on where one of the things i've asked them is like when you told your family okay you know i'm gonna go for the acting thing did they try to hold you back did they try to tell you go for it you know like because there's been some parents that have been strict about it. like no we don't want you to do this we want you to, go to be a doctor or a teacher or architect or oh well i always tell people if you watch the movie if you watch easter sunday yeah to the world it's a movie to me it's a documentary <laughs> my mom never she just i mean there was just no i grew up uh, my mother raised me and my brothers okay um my dad was not in the picture but that being said um like she just had no she just had no awareness of it there was nothing to sort of support because there was nothing mm -hmm. that backed it for her okay. so um i i didn't grow up in a strict household but i grew up in a very practical pragmatic household and and um so this is so out of her league out of her league sounds terrible out of her realm of understanding to this day even you know i my mom because i went to college for chemistry my mom for many years just up until recently i always tell people she would say when people are like what's rodney doing she's like well he's a chemist but he's acting right now i'm like <laughs> i i haven't done shit with chemistry since college like literally nothing so um uh yeah i think now she's starting you know she's able to tell people i'm an actor but i don't uh i don't know if she solidly understands it like she doesn't mm -hmm. understand it as a profession she doesn't understand it as yeah. we file like any independent like any sort of independent contractor a lot of right. the time people who own their own business and so 
she uh um yeah that's how she that's the sort of environment I grew up in I think my my extended family is excited and they get to sort of really um sink their teeth into it but my mom is still sort of skirting around it being like mm. I don't know is it gonna bite me like she's that you know she's still um and I'm I'm totally okay with that at this point in my life I don't need her to embrace it because there's something really grounding in her just sort of still looking out for me on everything you know mm. in, in every other way but what's been her reaction to like seeing you on tv and movies did you get paid for that <laughs> That's a reaction. Yeah. She literally, when I booked Easter Sunday, I think one of the first things out of her mouth is like, is this a paid job? Um, uh, so there's that. She sees me and she's like, she again, she didn't grow up in this. So I don't know. Yeah. She, it's still foreign. It's like her going to a, a, a foreign country and trying to give somebody a compliment. Mm. You know what I mean? She's like, <laughs> you know, when I, I went to Chicago recently to go watch the screening of Easter Sunday with my family. Yeah. And when I was when she was walking down, I was like, Mom, what do you think? And she's like, I didn't fall asleep. And you know what? That's a that That's I a know a translation is is she loved it. So again, like she I I, I I'm not gonna try and force a square peg in a round hole because mm-hmm. I think this is what makes it. The, the, my situation is sort of uh, relatable are families who don't have necessarily the language. And I think that's one of the things that Easter Sunday, I hope that Easter Sunday uh, brings forth. Now, by doing some research, on, well, what about the professor thing? How did that happen, by the way, before we jump into? Again, next? like, so you, uh, this is one of those things that uh, I didn't set out to be a professor. You know, I've always been business oriented. Like I've, I, that's the the left side of my brain. Um, so I've always been really, that's, that's maybe the science part that's mm-hmm. always stayed with me. I've always enjoyed the business. There's a lot of people who are like, I hate the business. And I'm like, I love it. For me, it's like a game. Right. Um, so I've always been really conscious of it. And, you know, I've all, because, be, Elias, because I look the way I do, I didn't like step forth and ho- step forth into Hollywood. And then all of a sudden it just sort of took off from there. I, I'm not conventional. I'm well aware of it. I, I'm, um, I'm a middle-aged man who looks like a boy. It's not like shows are constantly, you know, being written for somebody who looks like me. So I kind of had to find my way. If, mm. as, and again, it wasn't something I was super conscious of it. I was forging this sort of life for myself without, uh, without knowing that's what I was doing per se. So all of, I amassed all of this information. I was like, I was, a, I had to be a multi-hyphenate before that word was even trendy right? I was creating work with my friends before there were even, there were, you know, cell phones for us to sort of create right. uh, work with, uh, create movies with, right? So I was doing a lot of that in theater and uh, eventually it became these extensions of me that were always with me. And so I, when I was uh, several years ago, a few years ago, when I was, uh, um, I was, a, I shot a pilot uh, a network pilot that was, you know, all systems go. And then um, it, you know, as it happens in Hollywood, it got pulled from underneath me and uh, from underneath everybody involved. And I kind of was like, oh, shoot. And it just so happened uh, serendipitously, um, a a friend at the time was working at USC and they were looking to bring in working professionals to start teaching students right because we're here we are in la the center of epicenter of hollywood and you know it makes no sense to be teaching sort of outdated 
you know, models of anything. So they brought in some extraordinary, wonderful professional actors and artists to work, uh, to work with these students. And I was one of them, um, very grateful for that situation. And so that's, awesome. that's how I fell into it. I, I thought I was going to teach one class on kind of like building your own multi-hyphenate sort of world. I thought that's what it was. That's why I was brought in. I was just mm -hmm. going to teach actors how to also have all these other extensions of themselves so they can compete and remain relevant. And uh, I, I got bit. That's awesome. it, it's one of those things that I, I don't, I was telling um, a friend of mine, I don't, I'll never let this job go. You know, I mean, I don't have to be there, but I love doing it. It reminds me, um, it reminds me to leave all of my cynicism or any sort of darkness mm. that the entertainment industry can sort of thrust upon you is to leave it at the door because it doesn't serve any of these kids. And honestly, it really does help me maintain myself in this business because it's it's a it's a respite for me. Does it feel like also because you're teaching too, like kind of a practice keeps you up with your game? Oh yeah, it's a gym for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. These um, many of these kids are far better of an actor than I can ever imagine myself to be, and I'm learning from them. Right. And then also like I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm constantly one not to get too, you know, you know, academic about it, but you know, so much of what we do as I'm doing with you right now is communication. Yeah. And so my ability to communicate what it is that I do or what it is that they want to do to them and give them that language is only going to serve them in their careers. Right. Like, you know, so many actors and artists, you're like, you you you'll go up to somebody and be like you know talk to us about it and you're like I just do what I do you know I'm just like right, right. <laughs> I'm, such a, I'm just a natural yeah. well imagine that on a business end of things if you told somebody like hey here's a I have a million dollars I let's put it in feature film and I have two hundred million dollars mm. how are you, do you plan on contributing to my movie and they said you know I'm just gonna do what I do I'm just gonna be natural with it I'm just gonna get, go with the flow that someone's gonna be like uh <laughs> I don't know I want to invest in that. So I think it's important to for for actors to really have not just you know to, to the talent is there, but to be able to have a language because what we do we what we do is communication is fundamental to what we do. So if they can't communicate, and hopefully I bring that to them. That's awesome. Easter Sunday now. Let's jump into that because like I said, I enjoyed. It. I watched it last night. You know, I was my wife could hear me laughing downstairs when I was watching it. And your character Tito, he's he's hilarious, and I can't wait till we jump more into that. But how did you get approached now for this project? Um, you know, it, it, there was no uh, um, there was no sort of um, sort of off the beaten path way of me getting this. I auditioned for it. Okay. Now the only thing is, if I I've, uh, the only sort of addition to this is I've auditioned for this office before. Okay. The casting directors are wonderful. Uh, Nicole Abalera and Leslie Wu, they're just wonderful casting directors. And uh, I've auditioned for them before. And, and uh, you know, as an actor, you just hope you make impressions. I mean, you hope you get the job, but like right. when you don't get the job, that's out of your control. It's out of your control whether you get the job or not. But you hope that you go in and you make enough of an impression that they remember you and that they really believe in your work and that they start to bring you in for more projects eventually with the hopes of actually getting the job. Mm. So I've auditioned for them before and, you know, just, I'm just really grateful that they believed in me enough to pitch me for this project. So when I got this audition, I initially did not audition for Tito Arthur. Uh, I initially auditioned for um, another character and uh, uh, that character went 
to another actor who it was written for, you can, you know, okay. extrapolate who it was. I mean, it's Eugene yeah. Cordero, and yeah. Eugene has, you know, become one of my best friends. So I just, um, I, he's a hero of mine. So it, it was one of those, I would have cast Eugene. Right. Like that makes absolute sense. So, um, you know, I didn't think anything of it. I, I was like, oh yeah, of course, Eugene. I can't wait to watch him and support him on screen. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, a, a few weeks later, they called and said, hey, would Roddy be interested in auditioning for the role of Tito Arthur? And again, it was one of those things that I auditioned for it. You kind of throw it out there and you cross your fingers. But, um, uh, and as far as feature film casting goes, it usually takes a lot longer mm -hmm. than... Um, than episodic so i was fully prepared to just let it go and then i got a call a few months later that i they were interested and then by the time i got the call to the time i got cast i mean it was lightning speed um really? i got the call that i got the offer and then like on a tuesday and then i was in vancouver quarantining to start shooting on sunday wow yeah so it's kind of one of those you are, you know, you cross your fingers, you make an impression, you do what you can do, you do your best to let it go, and then just be ready to pivot. I mean, that is the trendy word nowadays is pivoting. And right now, and as an actor, you spend a life pivoting. What kind of a, what kind of description now were you given for uh, Tito? Like, how did you prepare to play him? Because, you know, like throughout the movie, like he's like, not a goofball. I mean, I don't want to use the word goofball. Would you say goofball? I don't know. Like, yeah, or would sure you like that. Yeah, yeah, goofball, yeah. you know. But at the same time, he's a postal worker. He's very serious about that job. Yeah. Like, I, you know, when I was given, I wasn't given much. And I think okay. that's one of the beauties of this movie is like, yeah. and the beauties of Joe and uh, and Ken Chang, uh, who wrote it, and, and the director, Jay, is he knew who he cast. They knew who these people were better than they did. Mm hmm if that makes any sense, right? Because we are Filipino. Like, that's like, uh, uh, you know, that's like, you know, I'm, I'm assuming you're Greek, Elias. Yes, like, yeah. and, and yep. imagine, you know, me hiring you and being like, here, let me teach you how to be Greek. Right. Like, you're like you can suck a bag. Like, I, you know exactly what you're doing, right? So I think that's one of the great things about the casting of this movie is he knew that not only we were just Filipino, but mm. we knew about being Filipino. And he just they kind of let us play and they let us find these characters. And I, I have always saw, saw Tito Arthur as somebody who just loves being an American, an American immigrant. And he takes great pride in it. And he um, kind of reminds everybody to take great pride in things, but the things that you would never necessarily, we, you know, we often take for granted, right. Um, mm. Is, you know, these sort of, uh, these sort of unsung here, unsung heroes, right. Postal worker, security right. guard, he loves every second of it and he's willing to sort of he's willing to 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 um to shout it from the the mountaintops and i think that that's something really special about him i mean i know exactly who these people are my uncles and stuff take great pride in the most mundane things um and i think that that to me was really fun to work with mm. and he loves it it's funny cuz like the scene where you have like all the weapons around your waist and, <laughs> yeah. and then and then you're huge with martial arts yeah 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 oh my gosh i was uh, back uh, that little bit of a movie anecdote when we shot that I mean I am I'm 
I don't know how to work those things. I don't know how to, I'm, I'm, I've never professed myself to be any sort of weapon, weapon specialist. So when they gave it to me, I was like, all right, here we go. Let's just play with it. And no joke. Like, I think it was like the second time I like took the butterfly knife and I flipped yes. it around and myself open. <laughs> Son of a gun. Um. So yeah, but it was just great to sort of, you know, to, to play with it and to entertain. I, I, I was telling one of the other crew members uh, the other day that, it was fun watching them respond to it. Mm. And I knew if I got, if we were able, it's just not just me, but ever, if we were able to get them to laugh, we knew we were doing our job right. Mm. So um, it was very fun. It was, and that was one of the more very specific moments where we were able to get them laughing. Maybe you could explain something to me too. I noticed throughout the film, Tita's and Tito's. There's a few of you. Yeah. Yeah. What's... So Tito, Tito and uh, Tita are, are the term of respect for uncle and aunt. Okay. Right. So um, uh, uh, Tito's for uncle and Tito's for aunt. Right. So we call uh, we that's sort of the term we use um, for that. And, you know, Tito and Tita could be used, necess- you know, yeah, just a Greek family. Like we don't uh, we don't. Th- I, it's very rare. You'll hear me use like, the word like, oh, it's my second cousin. Yeah. Right. Or my second cousin first removed. Like we don't we don't use those terms. So oftentimes Tito can be sort of expanded into, oh, that's my neighbor, but we but we're better than friends. You know, we right. like them. So I'll call them Tito so and so. You know, it's kind of, so yeah, it's kind of like that in Greece too. Cause well, I, I grew I lived in Greece when I was young for four years and it was but like, you know, even if it wasn't like a, even if it was like a long distant mm-hmm. relative, Theo, because it's out of yeah. respect. And Thea, correct? Is for yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, you know you agree. The same person. Yeah, it's the same yeah. person. I learned some bad words. Uh, I went to a lot of, uh, <laughs> I went to grammar school with a bunch of uh, um, wonderful Greek kids who taught me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Well, what else are they going to teach you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> now, throughout the film, how would you describe like the chemistry working with uh, like Joe Coy and like uh, Lydia, Tia Carrera, just to name a few? I mean, it's, it sounds so cliche to say it. And every time it comes out of my mouth, I, 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 I know that it's not necessarily like, I know people kind of love hearing the juice, but the reality is it, I mean, I don't want to lie. Like it was literally instant chemistry from the get go. Mm. It's just one of those things. I think we all came from this place of like, we don't, we didn't, we've never had this opportunity. I've played Filipino before. I'm not going to hide, you know, I'm not going to, you know, hide behind that. I, I've uh, I've played with another Filipino before, or I've had a Filipino mother on television before, but I've never had like a Filipino cast right. set in a Filipino American world with accents and non accents and and just like just the world, the backdrop, the fabric, the DNA mm-hmm. of film of the project was being Filipino or Filipino American. So this is the first time, and that I think. I mean, um, forgive me if I'm speaking for everybody that we've all collectively had something like this. So mm-hmm. I think instantly we just glommed on it from the get go. From the get go, we had this kind of un. We just knew the sights, the sounds, the smells, all of it. So there was right. no getting used to it. So we all could jump in from the middle, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So Man, that was really. I was gonna say it's kind of like the my big fat Greek wedding when I was watching. It. I'm like, this is my life, like in yeah. certain scenes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, that's what we hope. We hope that people sort of see this movie as not not a a different a different than theirs, but an extension of theirs. Like it's mm-hmm. the same. It's it's all the same at the end of the day. Like we all have 
um, families that we love and that we uh, attach ourselves to. And then we also know that they're problematic and it's not easy for for people all the time. And, and that to me is, we hope that, that the specificity of being Filipino brings out like the universal holistic themes uh, the, uh, of being part of any kind of American family. Would you ever want to do like a sitcom based off something like that? Yeah. 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 Because I, I can mean, tell you like, you like the comedy aspect. I can tell. I mean, that's my, that's my bread and butter. Again, I didn't go, I, it's, it's one of those things I never said, like, I am going to be a comedic actor. I'm going to be on SNL. I'm going to do like, I never said any of that stuff, yeah. but um, it is, it's the thing that came that sort of, again, in my DNA, it's the thing that I can, you know, it's my parachute. I know I can do it. Ugh, that sounds self-aggrandizing, but um it is what I do. What is the the thing that I'm the least fearful of? Yeah. Um, but also, I didn't set out to do comedic work. I, right. You know. So, but yes, it is the it is the thing that my calling card, as it were. So now it's available at theaters. When's the streaming date? Have you heard anything about that? When it's going to be available to stream? No, I hope that the streaming date isn't for many weeks to come. <laughs> Um, but that said we don't know of a streaming date uh uh we know it's coming out to the philippines which is going to be a big deal like i think it's august 30th wow Um, but yeah like that's a huge thing for the filipino community we're excited about that um but no streaming date yet as of that i know of that could change minute to minute as you know right now what's next for you now i saw that you're some new netflix project you're about to be part of yeah, I'm uh, I'm already shooting it. Uh, we're uh, I'm doing a new Netflix show. Uh, Brad Falchuk is the uh, uh, executive producer. It's created. Um, uh, Byron Wu is our um, is our creator showrunner, and it is starring Michelle Yeoh. It's a series. Uh, it's a, an action series, and uh, I I can't tell you too much more than that, other than it is. Uh, it is action packed, and it is again uh, through some grace, some really wonderful stroke of good luck. I have a, yet another project that I get to be a part of an all Asian cast, main cast. So this is uh, super, super, just really grateful for this one, and they're all really great. Michelle is a damn queen. She's one of those bucket list actors for me. Mm-hmm. Like I, uh, awesome. you know, I get to meet and work with her. So that's been really special. So when's the release date for that? Is there any idea? Oh, I assume 2023 or something like that. It's got to be 2023 in the summer because I mean yeah. it's it's we're we're shooting now. Uh, there's a lot of action sequences in it, so we are going to be uh, um, shooting uh, up until early winter, and then I'm assuming that it's it's more than likely. I think the set mm-hmm. they're looking for summer release of 2023. Awesome. Yeah, it's great. I'm ex- I'm excited about it. Yeah. I, I get to just sort of play the guy who chases after everybody, but there you go. There you go. Radia last night, how can the listeners and now the viewers find you on social media? Keep up with you. Oh, see social media. Um, uh, my Instagram is Rodney toe. Uh, and it's, it's how my name is spelled phonetically R O D K N E E T O W Rodney toe. Um, and then, uh, Twitter is Rod red rod. I don't know why I made them different. But that was like 10 years ago. And I, I'm I'm afraid if I change it, people are going to freak out. And then um, yeah, um, and those are my two main things. I'm on Snapchat, but I it uh, which I think is Rod Red Rod as well. But look, I'm 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 such a Luddite when it comes to that part of it because it's like such a it's like 
movie making to me and and it's overwhelming. too much work too much work overwhelming yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh Roddy, uh this was great thank you for coming on and talking about it easter sunday thanks a lot that's a wrap that's a wrap everybody that's a wrap thanks for listening to the man cave chronicles podcast i finally get my man cave you can find us on twitter facebook and instagram at the mcc podcast and our website the mccpodcast.com until next time Bye.